0: That was an interesting fade you just did uh was that was that intentional?
1: No, that was really bad of me. Oh no,
0: I mean there's something there there's
1: there's something to be said
0: about what just happened because it might be something for you to leverage um, and what what is it in software there so in uh it's particularly known for video games so in video games there are certain assumptions that are being made that that the the programmers understand the depths of certain things and they release it into into the wild, so to speak. They actually sell the product without fixing certain bugs. They know about certain bugs. It would just take effort. And the bugs are so I mean the, the circumstances where that th- problem would arise are so rare that they wouldn't that they wouldn't expect it to happen or to matter. Okay? And the classic one is in the the video game I think it might have even been in the very very first um, the heck is it called why can't I remember it I played I played it so often Street Fighter the original Street Fighter there was actually um, I don't think it was the original Street Fighter but there was a bug that let you uh, go from one animation and one move into another one Really, really rapidly, and yeah,
1: it was in Street Fighter,
0: hmm? it is Street Fighter, it
1: was one of the Street Fighter games,
0: one of them, yeah. I don't know if it was the original one, I don't think it was. Boy, were things really awkward in the original. And that and the developer was, I think, interviewed where he mentioned this. And I said, Well, I mean, we knew about it, it's just the, the timing necessary to do such a thing, we didn't think that people would, you know, accidentally bump into this but when you release it to a broad enough audience then yeah it gets discovered and the other one and is then it
1: becomes the norm and if you don't fix it early it's going to be abused to those who can and those who can't well i mean then you start having man
0: things get really weird because you're right it, there's so something might the the thing is you don't know how culture is going to react and how it's going to transform things. That's why you need to have the idea of transformative works, why you need to be able to take something that's really, really deeply locked into commercial interest with with good reason. Like, that's a good idea because that's one of the things that incentivizes uh, progress, let's say, broadly. But you need the ability to have transformative works because you can't predict what the heck is going to be happening to to a thing once it's out in the hands of, like, not just users, but the, the really weird people that are out there that want to take a thing and do something weird with it. And they're just like that. Or, you know, you get you get communities of people that will disregard the moral duty to not tamper with that object that they bought, for example, they'll, they'll take it apart, they'll do things with it. The, you know, they'll break their warranty <laughs> and there needs to be mechanisms in place to make that okay and then weird things happen and you
1: can't know you can't know what the heck is going to happen with that
0: thing and, and the,
1: another example is uh, another earlier example or example um, so there's this fun game at the time to- during its time called Halo 2 yep and Xbox right yeah for, uh, no, for the 360. Oh, okay, yeah, I played the original. So there were, um... Because mul- multi- multiplayer is still pretty good, but back then it was amazing and such. Um There were a few known things. One was called Super Bouncing, where... Super Bouncing or Super Jumping, where you do this little action on something, and then you jump from a distance or height and then you jump again once you land and you go stupidly high <laughs> okay so if you had a sniper and you were decent at it you could pretty much get an advantage picking people off or there were two other combos that were discovered later well I don't know they were discovered but they were brought out from hiding um, one was called BXR where you would punch and then fake a reload and immediately be able to shoot. So, oh. so just punch, wait wait for that animation and then shoot. You would punch, cancel out the after the pull your fist back anime the pull your hit back animation and then immediately shoot someone. Well that's neat. so pretty much you were just a one shot so you pretty much you could kill someone in within a second. And the last one was the infinite you could spray faster than intended with a battle rifle.
0: Okay. I know... Uh, I know one where I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I know it was kept in the last time I tried it. It's in No Man's Sky where you could actually do the... So, No Man's Sky, one of the biggest problems is you're the you're just a dude in a suit and you're wandering around the countryside. And there's just a lot of that. And this is in the original, original game, like back when I was playing what it was essentially the beta before it was revised and revised, it was nothing like it is now. And you were, you were a guy in a suit with a gun and just dropped in the middle of nowhere for some reason. And you had to slog around and it was really annoying. It was really, but the thing is, the thing is you, you it, it was still uh, uh an interesting and fascinating game so people would deal with it and you know you're supposed to walk around and shoot stuff and you had a run mode but you'd like run out and get tired you like you had jump jets a jet pack but it had fuel kind of thing quote unquote and what what people learned is if you were to melee which is an action that has no actual purpose like theoretically speaking you could melee at in combat but but you have a gun so so no it was dumb but you could melee and then immediately hit your rockets and normally what a rocket would do is it would it would lift you vertically like directly up and in order to go across you would have to be moving and then go then you would generally go in an angle in the forward-facing position for example but if you melee, lead the melee action action actually physically has a a an animation boost in the forward direction and it was a, a very aggressive boost so what happened is the the melee and then jet gave that momentum to the jets so you had this ridiculous fast forward momentum that was picked up and put into the jet action and there was no other way to actually accomplish this other than this this trick and it was pretty straightforward once you understood how it worked and man did the gum. They did the game become fun like really fun? It wasn't I mean it was slightly Abusive because theoretically speaking there's stuff that you wanted to run away from and This really 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 helped um, But it was not I mean the game wasn't about There was no real mechanical advantage for people being able to like hit the hit and run doesn't didn't do anything There's no score you can't like go and loot something and then run away that's not how things really work and you had fuel so it's not like it was too abusive it would it just compressed time for the player so that getting from where they are now to over there was less boring so it was is incredibly incredibly fun i remember um I was on an image board and you get these indie developers that are occasionally like, Hey guys, this is this thing that I was working on. Thanks to the inspiration of the people in here. And they're showing like a, they made a gif of web well, WebM, but they made a video of their in progress work. And one developer was like, like we messed up a setting and look, look at what we got. And it's like a racing game, but he messed up what the movement was. So he's got like, this race car but it's trying to use its wheels like their legs so it's just kind of like bouncing around (laughs) in the most awkward it it was like a living creature like i i commented like dude you might have you might have stumbled upon something because this is just this is hilarious it's like trying to trying to bump into stuff and because it's got all these other mechanics it's got the collision mechanics it's got all the all the background it's got the the frame so it has substance to it and uh, it, it was just comical and when when a product is subject to these the circumstances of weird people or random bugs a developer has to know how to just kind of uh, man, you it these are not knowable things And there are incredible opportunities when they happen and not very many developers understand that and know what to do because it's, it's weird. You might think uh, for something like a video game or a piece of software or whatever battle plan, there are victory conditions that you're trying to go after. And, and a lot of these people would say, okay, well, when these things happen, you just get rid of them because they're not part of the path towards the victory condition. But in a video game, victory is fun and it's weird because it it might just so happen that the game they released the bugs determine that the game they released is something else like by the way your players are having more fun doing this stuff than your original plan and and a lot of developers or normally it's the not the developers but the people the decision makers above them Will say well I, I know we didn't want to do that so stop that. that that's wrong that's abusing mechanics you know finger wag and they'll um and they'll just kill it they'll remove a feature and you'll get a lot of players who are like man i was having so much fun with that and and uh but the thing is that those problems that arise might be incredible opportunities if if the developers just took their hands off, or they recognized it and maybe tweaked it a little bit. These are problems when these mechanics are found. These, these are problems in a player versus player in a competitive situation. So for example, you were talking about the snipers being able to nest really, really high, well, essentially out of the range of retaliation. And that's obviously abusive. And that means that some players are not going to have fun with that, but that's an interesting opportunity where, well, what would happen if there was a game type with that, or what would happen if that was in a non-player versus player situation or, or the developers should have explored like, well, well, we have this mechanic and people have discovered it and it's, they're using it. Well. What would happen? Like, how can we make that fun? How can we do something with that? Like, we'll have to like deny that in the competitive sense so that it's not, so it's not, uh, so that the fun isn't unbalanced because you want the fun to be pretty balanced. But can we, can we do more with this? Um, and I know there, what's weird is when this stuff do
1: it, Hmm? most won't do it because the anybody in map desi- anybody in um, map designing or sandbox designing they'll have to think of those who can't do it as well so it's to even out the playing field um, most devs now will put the get back in a battle or get back into fairgrounds mess will give you the get back into fairgrounds message in five seconds and if you don't obtain that you die Mm, yeah and it it makes no sense in lore either (laughs) he's just like you're out of bounds and gives you a timer Um, um, going back to that uh, devs thing um, the devs making a certain part and then it doesn't work as intended mm -hmm. Uh, Destiny 2 there's this um, item called there's this sword called the worldline zero Okay. and once you gain speed Uh, for like one or two seconds it'll make this uh, ping sound ding sound okay and you do a heavy you do a heavy sword you do a heavy sword swing and it basically teleport you basically Hmm. turn into a whirlwind or blade a bladed whirlwind
0: okay i think oh yeah i've seen other people do that
1: yeah so with that um they just it was discovered on warlocks. It was easy to do on warlocks and titans. Uh, it's somewhat hard to do on a hunter, but they call world line skating where you do it fast enough, and you could pretty much end from from what from the start from where you started running to maybe halfway across the map if you do it correctly. Really? <laughs> yeah. But uh, they took that. But they. But Bungie took it out like i would the
0: thing is some of these in order to balance it and have it still exist is a really big programming challenge and and i was going to say the you might think that the actual game itself is the hard part of the game but it but it turns out it's networking and it turns out that it's proper management of the philosophies behind these weird bugs that happen like dealing with, I I do use the word dealing correctly, dealing with the player base when you need to make certain tough decisions, (laughs) Um, which is why developers kind of ignore their player base at certain times. But I mean, for that, often developers will will see it as a black and white problem, which is we either keep this as is, don't do anything with it or try to tweak it Or we get rid of it. They don't, for example, um, say, "Well, it should, it can exist in this way under these circumstances, but not under these, because that's a really difficult technical programming challenge." They need to have certain mechanics mutate under certain circumstances, and they probably don't have the underlying mechanics of the game of that, of like the ability to melee, or of the ability to use a sword. Like these ideas are are fixed in cement and there's no there's no if this else this cooked into the code so it's hard and so developers at developing time and money and blah 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 not enough developers say well that's really neat you know our bad but you know it's not that abusive when you're just in the open world because in the open world it's People are just doing same old same old and this is hilarious well what would happen if we just left it there and you you leave it for a little while you have you have the debugging mechanics put in so you can watch what happens and maybe you learn okay well people are using this to abuse hidden sectors in order to farm them like okay well well what can we do about that well we've already got this mechanic that prevents you from getting from completing them Uh, with x speed under x amount of time so you can only do like loot three chests every five minutes or whatever it is well maybe that's not good enough people are actually farming kills well what does that mean and maybe there should be a a fall off and a reduced drop chance over time and maybe maybe and so um trying to keep this this bug available you know keep, keep this unknown fun there active alive in the user base it becomes more and more of a technical and philosophical problem and then then it becomes well if this is a thing uh and they were to say it's okay well can all of their players do it because that's another thing that's a really it's a it's a social issue where um, I, as a casual, uh, or I, as a less competent or less able player, when I see somebody else doing these things, and I'm like, well, but I can't do that, like, that's, that's going to make some, that's, that's kind of like PvP, right? That's, that's some players are having wild, mad fun with it, and other players can't do that, and know they can't, but they I mean they could if you know if that player wasn't missing their ring finger or if that player was just a little bit quicker or if that like because reasons and you end up having to like well if some players or if enough players or if the loud players or if it's inconvenient everybody has to have their fun taken away (laughs) so and that's that's the real shame is there's a great opportunity to add this kind of stuff in but as soon as it's wacky button combinations and it requires reflexes or circumstances it's like well now some players can do that some players can't and probably most players can't which is why it becomes a big amplified problem to 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 quote unquote deal with um and one of the reasons and i'm not sure how this is going to pan out because so so the the eventually one day upcoming game ember is uh, meant to be an open world warfront game so you can think of it like a whole lot of other science fictiony robot run around shoot beat stuff up kind of game you know it's something like destiny but when you've got a hundred people and i i I brought this up, I'll take no credit for it because that's a challenging concept in game development, but um, one of the agreements that the developer, the the philosophy of the developer and I agree with is that um, there doesn't need to be balance. There does not need to be balance when you're in a player versus environment game, wholly the game. Uh, pvp requires balance and pvp requiring balance ruins a lot of games so pvp when you've got a game that has pvp and pve the pvp tweaks ne- usually get spread over pve so the requirements for certain mechanics of of action and counteraction of of the the evenness between what choices get made so you could be this kind of character and that kind of character and this kind of character has these themes and that kind of character has those themes and and there have to be certain tweaks between all of them with a kind of fairness in mind to allow matches to be built that are competitive because you can't have one-sided matches that's just not fun you can't have you know you're, you can't have your Olympic champions uh, playing soccer with your grade schoolers that's that's and have them actually try hard it ends up not being interesting for one or possible for the other and so there have to be other rules in place or they have to be so you could have a match type that matches competency or you could and it just gets really weird so what they do is to just tweak everybody's abilities but in Ember, the, the, there's, no, there's no concept of having this other game that's PvP, which has balance issues, has knobs that has to get tweaked, switches that have to get flipped, that mean anything to the regular, quote-unquote, regular player versus environment game. So you can have um, certain combinations of abilities. So they have certain frame types or certain... Types of, types of, uh, like types of equipment, those types of equipment can be well suited to certain situations and poorly su- suited to others. And there can, the, it can be allowed that some players will be able to hyper-focus because that's what they have fun with. Like that is that type of player. They happen to have the internal, the biological competency, the twitch reflexes, for example, to act in certain ways and they build around that really heavily build around that so they become become one very fine very specialized tool they themselves are a weapon against certain circumstances and that's okay that means that the next player over who doesn't do that will not be as good and in development philosophy for that game that's okay and for a lot of games, it would be like, well, I mean, uh, I, I should be able to be a healer and should be able to run in and help in combat. It's like, well, maybe, okay, sure. That that's important for participation, but, but never ever is a healer going to be a better sniper than a sniper. Never, never is a healer going to be like, never is that going to be as good a healer. And it's, it's not the same as just picking up a piece of gear and just changing your mind, the player and the choices aren't swappable. And the counter to that quote unquote unfairness is when you're, when you're shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of other people with a varieties of humans and their, their characters, um, you will compare yourselves and you'll, you'll want to be a team or you'll want to be your own thing or whatever. So people will judge one another, will we'll have that, well, ah, how come that person is so powerful? They're able to do this. I'm one, but it's, it's, no, sorry player, you made the decision so that you could be like you. Well, oh, there's nothing stopping you from making those decisions to be like that person or that person. Or for you to learn what's fun for you, or what the circumstances are, and build for that. So here you go. Here's a mechanic. You're allowed to build an entire new. So you're a pilot in this, in this big mech, in this big robot suit. Oh well, there's nothing. You can actually physically build a new robot suit and have two. You're allowed to do that if you care enough that you want to have different circumstances where you can, where you you want to change your gameplay to be something else for some other circumstance, you can can do that. It's going to be hard work. Or you can rebuild yourself to be like that other person. And there will be explicitly a feature in the game where you can just look at another player, pull up like an info screen. Because this is all the players, all the pilots in the game, all of it is versus the environment. All of it. It's a cooperative thing. So there's no idea of kind of like all all the players are in desperate fight in a desperate fight against the game itself. So we're all trying to figure out how to be as effective as possible. And the mechanics of the, of the world, the AI that deals with the, the player's efforts that counters them that has its own ideas in mind that evolves. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like the game world doesn't have feelings. The players can become incredibly well-organized, incredibly uh, incredibly viciously effective, and the world doesn't have to care. The world just evolves to deal with this, to be of the appropriate difficulty level to deal with stuff. So it's okay when one player looks at another player goes, I want to be like that, and looks at them, pulls up a schematic, goes, well, this is what that player made, how they made their choices and and that other player can like try to build all the same kind of gear the, the same as that other person over there and they can literally clone what they like so we can have if if it just so happens that there is one complete kit that is the most effective for a certain circumstance and the players decide to get together and like just abuse that set of mechanics and go after the game world with that set of mechanics okay that's fine that's fine that's great now you might think in another game like that's well that's abusive it's it's just so dumb that you would only have this one kind of kit and we need to like that needs to be nerfed to make you know we need to make sure that those kinds of situations that all kinds of classes are viable and can participate it's like well do you really i mean to an extent that's important because you don't want all players to feel like they have to all be the same that you definitely don't want that because you want all players to build for their individual competency you don't want people to all be clones but you know there's nothing wrong with that it's like there's a lot of games where where you'll say well Our team composition has to be one tank, one healer, three DPS. Or our composition has to be two people with this kind of ability and one person with that kind of ability. Like we need to have, and other games have that. There's nothing wrong with that. You're going to have a a massive Warfront game that's going to have 20 foot soldiers that all act the same. They all have the same kit. The players are going to be different. And they could even be organized as one great one unit shoulder to shoulder like romans and you you can have an arrangement where a a well-organized uh, guild type structure says well this we're we're going to go after this goal as one big unit we're going to have a an event that we make ourselves to force the game to act in a certain way and this is what we want we want these kinds of people these kinds of people and that can be optional and there's nothing wrong with like you having uh you having a handful of people that all build exactly the same because you're still going to have players that come in and go well i don't i don't feel like doing that i want to do my own thing there's nobody that can stop that person so having the game mechanics uh, bent for these weird philosophies that say things like well you can't all be the same that's silly or i need to make sure that all players are competent or I need to make sure that all of these things have like, uh, that are exchangeable, like some games, like, uh, what was it? I'm trying to think of the name of the game. Um, oh, I can't remember now. Whew. What anyway, was it about? Well, it, it was one of the, it was a MMO and I, oh. I recall that it was. The first edition of it, which is still going, but the second edition is is more recent. At any rate, there there have been a, uh, ideas in some games where you should have certain quote unquote rules, and it's okay to have the rules, but different classes should be able to mutate in order to fill those roles. And some games are pretty explicit about having like specs, like in World of Warcraft, does that. And um other games it's like, well, if you but if you choose to give up your two swords and you can use one sword and a shield, then that makes you this kind of, of gameplay, right? And that makes you a tank. Okay. But and, and so but that doesn't have to that doesn't really have to be like that possibility should exist throughout a game. Um and when when you're, oh, where, where do I go with that? Well, I've pretty much already made the point where, um, only in a PVE environment or in a kind of a fixed situation environment or a PVP environment, uh, would you need to care so much about how, uh, players build their characters if you just, just let it go and ha- it's just, it's just the world and the world doesn't have the feelings, so let the players be abusive that's okay if it turns out that a bunch of the the developers make a bunch of guns and no players go near them well maybe that's a problem that has to be addressed you gotta buff those guns so if so my my favorite gun is is in the so so the game ember is is kind of aligned to be the spiritual success of an earlier game firefall which was wild fun, and I ended up not playing... I, I ended up stopped playing it for a while. And it wasn't commercially viable because the developers were idiots. And I I even commented on this pretty early on. Not on this podcast, but two friends early on in my playing the game. It's a great game, straightforward, nothing wrong with it. They just kept messing with the mechanics because they didn't understand why it wasn't commercially viable. They just... They didn't line things up properly to make sure that it could accept income, <laughs> so it was really weird. Just there was nothing for players to incentivize players incentivize players to there, like there was nothing there for them to get with their money, and so they didn't didn't get any money. <laughs> That's how it works, anyhow. Um, wow, there's my train of thought. So, oh crap, do you remember what I was talking about? I can't
1: remember. firefall and how it wasn't viable or something about
0: earlier than that okay so crap okay well that that's my naturally derailed mind let's let's switch talking about something else i guess unless you have a point you'd like to make
1: uh not anymore
0: no okay so so yeah i we had to call last show short which which i mean all negatives turn into positives if you spin them in certain ways. Um, it's not like the the mental gymnastics, the sour grapes or anything like that, but there are physical mechanical advantages that can be taken from certain things. So for example, the fact that we had a short show last time means that I've got a, a bunch of leftover stuff I could talk about today, which is kind of, which is kind of great. Um, so it is kind of an advantage. So I want to talk about um, I want to talk about ideas. I'm not sure if I really mentioned it properly last time, or if I mentioned it at all, cause I wasn't keeping proper notes. I'm actually scared of going and reaching for my keyboard. Now that I know just how clickety clack it is. Maybe what I'll do is I'll have, I'll have pauses in my voice, in my talking, and then I'll go tap and I won't talk while typing. And then I'll come back to talking and that way in like in the show, maybe it would bother people live but not really. I mean, we're all kind of doing stuff, but when I'm actually doing the post production, I can edit that the clickety clack out really easily without having typing and talking at the same time, which I don't know how to clean that up. Maybe not yet. I have lots of notes and I have the original source theoretically, theoretically, I'm, I'm probably not going to do that anytime soon. This is taken, this is a lot of work so far at any rate. Um, so I do have I do have notes. I'm not, I'm not sure if I've talked about it before because you know the memory thing, and it goes. It says so. I a lot of people have uh, minds that are very active. They don't go quiet when they lie into bed. It it's their mind races while their their body is tired, and so they can be lying in bed, and I, for example, have my mind kind of mulling through things this is where dreams come from by the way it's your mind sorting stuff out thinking about stuff and some people have more lucid dreams than other people and those those concerns those ideas those whatever manifest in aspects of their dreams and this is why there's uh, all kinds of nonsense about analyzing your dreams and trying to under it's like Seriously, there's no point in doing that because you already know the stuff that's on your mind. You don't need to look at your dreams, to to admit the obvious. It's it's really weird. It's really weird this idea of analyzing dreams. But when falling asleep with a racing mind, um, there will be ideas. For example, there might be ideas to optimize. So, it, like the eighty twenty thing. So the 20% thing, there's kind of this aspect of it that that happens when you're doing other stuff. So there are the, in programming circles, there's, a, there's a notion of percolation, where it can be literal downtime, where you're off eating a sandwich or something like that. And even though that programmers mind isn't working on a problem, they're, they're doing something else, there can be these aha moments that happen when they're just going for a walk, when they're eating lunch, when they're falling asleep. And that's a, that's a really serious problem is, um, the aha moments are, it's not quite like, like an epiphany, but those aha moments need to be taken advantage of quite quickly. Uh, Now, during waking life, that doesn't have to happen right away. May take notes or whatever, but falling asleep. A lot of people are convinced that, oh, I just have to. I'll. I'll rem- this is really important. I'll remember it. Or you know, if I don't really remember it, when that situation comes up again, I'll definitely like this. This memory will pop back up, and it doesn't. That's not how it works. the The entire point of sleeping is to let go of everything. Of the idea of consciousness just kind of goes away. And these, while falling into that state, although the mind is is getting more and more rested and uncluttered and is becoming more open to these aha moments, that stuff gets turned off. That that stuff goes away. It it gets it. You ex you experience yourself as being real and solid during that aha. During that that downtime as you're falling down the slope but it's not actually true once you enter into the sleep state as soon as you enter into the sleep state that stuff just gets scrubbed out like it never happened and some people will get maybe snippets uh, but you won't even think to recall those things when you wake up so some people they're they're pretty well trained so when they wake up they, they do a reality check And they'll, they'll actually think to themselves, well, did I think any interesting thoughts, any useful thoughts as I was falling to sleep? And that'll give them an opportunity to kind of pull it up. Uh, but most people don't even develop that as a trait. So it's stuff's just gone. And it's kind of a problem when a, you need sleep and B you survive on ideas. Because what ends up happening is when you learn to do it, it will kind of wreck your life. Falling asleep, you get these aha moments. So you just get up and you write them down. And then you write them down as keywords and go back to sleep. But it takes time to maybe get back into that there. These people with with okay, so we're talking about me, right? So with a whirlwind of a mind, it will take more time to get back to sleep. So it takes it's it's hard. And I disrupted it the first time with the ideas. I wrote it down, get up, and I got it kind of have to start to go to sleep all over again. It, it doesn't become easier, and so that 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 winding down period that happens becomes uh, reset, and I have to do it again. So it's like the actual sleep time that I get is is less when I get up to do these things. And so you think, okay, well, I'll just write down keywords. Now I tried remembering keywords. That's really not working out. So you'll get up you'll write down some keywords. You go back to sleep, then, then I wake up and I might not even, it's might not be part of my process to go and look at my notes. Now That's not actually true because of a journaling concept that I've got, but I would, I could wake up and I could. I could read the points and not understand what the heck I was trying to tell myself. So my past self will have some keywords with no actual context (laughs) and, and I'll wake up just confused, like past self really thought these were important. I wake up not very well rested because past self had these ideas, but so what's the solution? Well, when you're winding down and you get the aha moments, you get up and you really thoroughly act on these things. Well, there goes your sleep. And this is why there are certain kinds of people throughout history who have three hours of sleep a night. It's just like winding down is a, is a dumb idea. It do, just doesn't work out. So they stay up or they wind down, then they get up and then they wind down and then they get up and that it, it happens for for four or five hours until they wind down and that doesn't happen anymore <laughs> and they fall asleep and then they just wake up again and they, it, and they're bi- somehow biologically or whatever, able to have a few hours of sleep. But the thing is they had a whole lot of that dreamy winding down that quiet time in their mind. And maybe it turns out that the body just needs to like chill out for a while. It doesn't need to, to be fixed in one place. And the mind really needs to be someplace else for a long period of time. Maybe that's what sleep is for most of sleep. And for them, it's just more than that. It's even more. And so the fact that they were kind of like sitting at a desk, being in that state, maybe normal people, they would be lying down and more unconscious, but in that state. So maybe they're just kind of like more alert sleepwalkers when they're like that. And they can be. But the thing is, if if that kind of person, if it's, you know, middle of the night kind of thing, and they're engaged to be to be they're required to act like a normal wakeful person maybe that will wreck their th- that then they will wake up tired so there might be something to it i don't know that so there's a there's a lot of philosophies there are a lot of philosophies in the world that that want to play with the way people perceive the world or the way people act or think or you know, stuff like meditation. And this is this is presented far too universally. Yeah, yeah I'm probably going to have to make this part of my my core message, which is people don't fully understand that other people are other than them themselves. <laughs> that people are not just people are individuals, but people are actually different. That idea is alien uh, thanks partially to Christianity which uh, which says souls are real and everyone has a soul and everyone has the same unit of the same kind of soul which is pretty straightforward and that idea propagates out into well everybody should be treated whatever but but that maintains that everybody has the same sorts of capacities for being shown or taught And that they will, and then you start judging people and stuff like that. So that's no good. So, but the thing is, I could say something like, well, meditation is a practice that does this to the mind and it means this, and you can accomplish this. That's just not true for everyone because people are actually individual, like individual at a level far beyond the idea of an empty cup that you would fill with these ideas. It's just not true. There are different kinds of cups. And there are different kinds of cups that are filled in different kinds of ways and they're they're, humans are just different. And so I could say something like, well, well, what if, what if there was a practice where we could help people be more productive by having them take advantage of this downtime concept, having people sleep less, wouldn't that be great? People would get more stuff done that they'd lead calmer, more accomplished lives. They'd yeah, no. No, because people are actually different. They're going to be people that work at some weird, fundamentally different way where maybe it's true that they haven't fully discovered, um, the best way that works for them. And so maybe they should be told, or maybe they should be shown, or maybe they should be forced to act in certain ways and that that other way would be better, but it may well be possible that that's not true. That's just an assumption of the educator thinking that all people are the same and you just have to, you have to reeducate a person into working, thinking, acting a certain way. And you're just going to make a lot of unhappy people doing that. History has shown that is the case because once people are not subject to that brainwashing, they go, wow, I'm glad I'm out of uh, high school. That was just a terrible experience and they run off. And they go become self-taught learners and they go off and do great things <clears throat> like me. <clears throat> and uh so did great things. Did did. Yeah, I'm I'm still doing some interesting stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. And I don't I just don't talk to you about it because you're a different How kind probably. of person. It's not like you were you yeah. oh. y- you do your own thing. It's not like it can just bring you in and, and say, Hey, uh, this weekend let's learn about this and have you <laughs> come up to speed. There's stuff that's just been spinning in my mind. Cause a chunk of my mind is in that downtime. Like you can imagine somebody that's just an artsy fartsy, the head in the clouds type, a piece of their mind is always in a certain state. Uh, I've got a piece of my mind that is always in that certain kind of state, like the dreamer, the thinker, the planner. So there's stuff that I've had in my mind that is the equivalent of me having worked on it for 30 years when I'm going and actually pursuing something in reality. Whereas other people, they're just, that, that isn't the thing when they're working on something it's new. But when, when I work on a lot of things that I'm, I'm vaguely interested in, I'm somehow competent right away, but that's because I've been, interested in a, in a passive sense for a very long time. It also means that I'm got less capacity for doing all kinds of other stuff. And it means that I'm kind of bad at the thing, the things that I'm bad at, I'm bad at. So I'm, I, people are just different. And for me to try to try to pair with somebody else that is alien. And then for each of us to try to act like the other just isn't right. And neither will be happy like married couples kind of when married couples want to collaborate on certain things that this kind of gets brought up and gets to be a stress. Um, so it's, it's helpful for partners to, to separate their competencies out and then respect that the other one is competent at certain things like, uh, the, the wife will say, well, you know, now I know that if, if the plumbing under the sink leaks, uh, that that's his job, not because that's his job, but because that's his competency. And the same is true that, that he knows that a part of his life is much better, much better off, much more comfortable when he knows that, that he's okay with cooking and he wants to, but she loves it. And, and it's not like an exchange. He also happens to like being the fixer upper. So something breaks, he knows it's his job, not because it's his job, but he knows that that's, that that's his thing, that that's his dream. That's his passion. That's his competency. And just goes after that. And there's some equivalent where they end up really, um, uh, they, they overlap. Well, they, they're very balanced. And I've heard couples talk, talk like this, where it's just less stressful when they're each allowed, they each allow the other to be good at stuff. And they each allow the other to be bad at stuff. And they just kind of, they, they overlap, they fill one another's incompetencies. So they're, and they're, they're quite different and they're okay. And they have their separate spheres and all this kind of thing. Um, I could get into that maybe I should have, cause it's a fairly touchy topic for a lot of people, but when you talk to old successful couples that are happy later in life, yeah, they talk about this sort of stuff. And it's kind of like the, the balance game issue in games, the balance in marriage, the balance in business relationships, etc. So I was fiddling with a light bulb outside uh and it's one of these old incandescent bulbs it's one of these old incandescent bulbs because um because the it's got a weird socket type and and uh the entire fixture is old it's just it's got to go one day uh it's just there's a lot of stuff that's around that's of the style of either the person who built the house or the person who renovated the house and that could be two different generations of house owner and, uh, so we got some leftover crap and this is leftover crap. That's leftover tech. It's old tech. So it's an incandescent bulb. It's an incandescent bulb with a really weird size of screw of threading. And I was just fiddling with it and looking at it and I looked at it while it was on. So I have these U shaped f- just like symbols, these happy faces burnt into my
1: afterburned image.
0: Yeah. It's man. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a screensaver going in my brain and yeah so thankfully it's clearing up now but you know close my eyes tightly enough and you see that one little one is left
1: yeah it won't be permanently cleared
0: yeah i actually while. yeah well i stared at the sun when i was a kid so you know, that would give you streaks but... for a while don't do that i think
1: most people stared at the sun when they were young
0: yeah yeah it's that and being exposed to like fields of snow on bright sunny days and stuff like that um so uh, i guess we can switch topics um so i'm gonna brief oh i talked about stevia the other day and i had a bag of stevia that that i actually gave away finally gave it away i don't know what happens when stevia goes bad but but uh, i'm glad somebody i know could actually use that um and i only got it for like when I was doing the keto experiment for, and I wanted to do like a marinade, like you get a steak marinade and some of them require certain things and you can't eat certain things when you're on keto. Cause you can't eat anything that gives you, that has a glycemic index that will uh, actually antagonize your body into creating insulin. So honey and sugar, brown sugar, can't go in a marinade and some marinades some marinades are like uh well they're sweet obviously and they they might be kind of like salty sweet they might be all kinds of stuff and that sweetness might be a balance to certain heats etc and so stevia is meant to be if it's meant to fill in for sugar and theoretically for honey but uh, honey has flavor so it's not a really good replacement anyhow uh, i switched from doing those sorts of marinades anyway they, they turned out to just not be my thing and so i didn't need the stevia it was just, just going to sit there for forever so i'm glad i'm glad somebody's like hey you don't like your stevia we'll take it and so oh, wonderful wonderful uh life works out so that was really nice um I do also want to mention um i went shop i i like i wouldn't okay so actual physical window shopping is a thing that i used to really like doing and it's not really something you kind of kind of do anymore and it's the times right and it's it used to be a thing um i knew a uh, well so i would go window shopping with this one girl and she loved she she also did people watching and uh, i don't like that idea it seems really weird but it's different cultures i suppose and people watching people watching you don't know about that like you go just looking at people randomly yeah yeah just you you go to like a mall and you look at people (laughs) it just it seems weird and creepy to me (laughs) so so you know when you're with somebody who's from a different place and they act differently and they don't they're not shy in the same way for the same reasons, or they don't just don't respect certain cultural boundaries. Then, then, yeah, they're just like that. It was, uh, you know, have a friend come from Greece and he just likes talking to random people. It's just weird, really weird. Um, I mean, that'd be great just to watch them
1: do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: it's like going to a party and you're, you're invited by the, the host and the host is one of those wacky social butterflies, and you're not. And so the host is like, "No, no, no! Don't worry about it. Come, come." And you actually do, for some reason, something happens to your brain, and you come anyway. And the host is like, "We'll be the one dragging you around, but not showing you off, but just dragging you around." And that the host is doing all the talking, and they will go from person to so you just get to st- stand there, like kind of behind them, and just watch this, this, like it's TV. <laughs> you're just behind there watching this this rabidly social person run around um it's kind of like that if you're if you're going if you're with certain kinds of people and and it's okay they don't constantly bring you up to try to quote unquote include you because sometimes you just don't i wouldn't want to just be included all the time it's it's tiring yeah introversion man um at any rate so I, I used to like I don't like shopping so I'm I'm classic dude I don't like shopping so I have a plan and I leave and I i I accomplish the plan then I leave then I go home that that's how it works and I know there's a lot of people where they're like they might have a plan and they kind of go in that general direction and I kind of look around at a bunch of stuff And the experience of doing things isn't about accomplishing that goal like you'll see that when they're off they're like ferrets that are let out to run around outside they'll just kind of go anywhere and and i'm but i'm very specific i don't actually like going out per se which is why i'm i'm happy buying stuff online um i on that note i do want to buy less stuff at amazon and buy directly from manufacturers and stuff uh, but amazon still it's still a good place to to organize shopping lists and this kind of stuff anyhow it's the extra step now that we have a little bit more spare time i could think like that and i can reach out a little bit more i, I should talk about that actually i'm a note about that so i wanted to bring up shopping because i i, I was doing some amazon stuff online and i will note for the insiders that listen to this that uh disinfectants are being shut being available are available online now whether or not they're actually physically available internationally because things get a little weird um it remains to be seen but so we're in canada and amazon.ca has a bunch of stuff listed so it's not like we're importing them from the u.s or anything like that Uh, things are things seem to be quite expensive but it's only expensive because you're not looking in the right place and so i i just decided to risk it thinking that things are going to kind of work out okay and so i started a subscription for one of these uh one of these sprays and i'll just get some when i get some. i'll probably you know look at the finances and go okay well we're going to buy four of these a month or something like that and just to make sure i've got a stock because that was that was on my, so I, I've got this idea where for the things that don't expire, I'm just going to get 10 years worth and, and keep that on stock. And believe it or not, 10 years worth of soap is not a whole lot. 10 years worth of dish detergent, not a whole lot of laundry detergent. Eh, it, I mean, it takes up space, but once you get that stuff done and it's done, and maybe at some point, you know, you've got five years worth and then you have a once every six months um amazon auto delivery thing happen and and that that's just and that stocks you up the rest of the way or every other month or whatever the heck um just so it's like it's like christmas every month you get all these packages that come in it's kind of exciting even though it's like oh another package of soap it's no it's it's pretty cool then you get to go Uh, back to your stash and stack up one more set of bars of soap like oh man look at all that Ah, stretch look at all your bounty like doing that kind of thing so i'll probably include uh, this disinfectant spray and the thing is i would normally be very picky about this kind of stuff and have to explore to get the stuff that smells it's disinfecting spray right so it's going to have a smell you're not going to get a lot of this stuff that uh, is like scent free might kind of exist for uh, air fresheners kind of like not because there's a class like a Febreze will ha- there are certain classes of Febreze that are meant to be low smell themselves they're just meant to eliminate smells in the air a lot of air a lot of sprays for for deodorants are just like they are the powerful spray like they're the scent so you sprayed an area and they just become the dominant smell and that's not how it works for me I just get both smells so it's kind of awful So a disinfectant spray, I know that um, I'm stuck with something that smells. And I know that I'm stuck. I'm extra stuck because we have um, manufacturing supply issues. And because demand is, hey, a free market, you know, supply demand kind of thing. And Canada is like a distant second compared to the American market for Americans. So a lot of those manufacturers will just supply locally before they think about internationally and so uh canada kind of has a limited selection so i've got you know this this one kind of spray that's coming in i'm not i know i'm not gonna like it but i've got no choice but i only use it for spraying. like if you go shopping okay so so the way lives have been adjusted is that we're thinking pretty long term and we're thinking in terms of things becoming devastating And but we're not doing that correctly, because when you start thinking about stuff like that, you need to think about supply lines on a national scale. So you actually need to have a nationalistic economy, which can't happen when you've got um, internationalist agreements, internationalist industry and stuff like that. And so but as individuals, you should be thinking like that. You should be buying locally. You should be buying from people within your own country at the very least. In order to have one stronger local economy like it i i understand that in some sense you might be um by by changing your buying patterns you are contributing to the alteration of some other economy someplace else but but i mean you shouldn't have been acting the way you were in the first place Anyway, rate so we've got these weird supply issues because the Americans are are thinking more locally for a lot of their stuff and international shipping is a little wacky and so I've got this limitation for this spray but I only use it for spraying packaging so I was talking about us thinking in terms of of mass devastation and one of the notions is well if you go out and you go to a public place around a bunch of other public people and you're you have a shared environment You don't just have the concern about the the person, the, the humans there. So you don't just have the concern over the humans, you've got concern over everything that everybody touches. And so if you're doing grocery shopping, there's the assumption that somewhere on the shelves is some person who doesn't have visible or has it on them or whatever the heck we'll touch something and then you'll touch something then you'll touch your house then you'll touch yourself so what ends up happening we have these these quarantine procedures in my household where we we bring stuff in and we're careful about what we touch we go back and we disinfect things when we bring stuff in we have we spray down have clean areas we disassemble what we buy and we put them into upperware and we wipe down packages so this spray is it gets used for that if you do it with with things like that you don't actually need to disinfect your house per se you can just do that occasionally because something like well this isn't exactly like traditional stuff so it's you don't have to worry about it being on your stairs for example if you got carpeted stairs yeah it's dead in six hours if it's if somebody infected comes over and sneezes on your stairs First, it doesn't matter because you're not licking the stairs and you're walking on them and you're not licking your feet unless you're into that. And so you, you don't have to worry about the surfaces. Handrails more so, but you shouldn't be touching your face even in your own house unless you've got washed hands. You know, If you're scrubbing your face, wash your hands first. You're fine. <laughs> no problem. Um, so you're not bringing anything in. It's not spreading around. You know, just bring stuff in and wipe it down and it's done. It's gone. It's not going to be in the packages. Uh, and make sure you absolutely do that before you freeze something. And sometimes you, you rinse stuff off afterwards when you can, and, right? So we think in terms of the spray as being this, the fact that it smells doesn't, doesn't matter under these circumstances because you do what you got to do for something. So if you've got an elderly person at home, and you you think in certain ways um unless unless somebody sneezes into your into your inhaling mouth uh you're not bringing it in if you act in certain ways so and this is important like it's not it's it is well understood to not be particularly harmful for everyday people but it is there are vulnerable etc etc lots and lots of silly arguments that i could talk about but that isn't uh I don't want to kill a segment by depressing everybody with this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, online disinfectant, that's great. Uh, whether or not that stuff becomes local. So your local grocery stores, I'm not sure if that's going to be a thing. What most places are doing is they're selling products, which are, um, they're, they don't have on the bottle that they're disinfectant, but they are, but they, you have to have the surface damp, like actually damp, for 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes well that's really tough unless you are i mean for a floor cleaner that's not good enough because because trying to like keep a floor wet is pretty hard actually so you're going to be using a lot of the material um but for counters yeah you can re-spray and rewipe and just and keep going at it okay doable and if your sponge stays soaked you know wet wet it's there's no bacteria on it as a start so it's safe to use it's safe to spray around to to use as a wiping agent so at any rate off to something else so um i talked about Frisian. that was the last chunk of stuff so this is a, a, a secondary language in the netherlands it's not used at any governmental level or anything like that but a lot of the population speak it and it is it is a separate language from other stuff that is called Frisian, <laughs> and uh, those other things. There's two other major variations um, that exist in Germany. So Germany and the Netherlands are are immediate neighbors, and so there's a crescent where the Frisian people are them are the people that are common between what connects Germany and the Netherlands, but the. The Frisians are segmented where there's one language called Frisian in the Netherlands and there's two others in Germany next door. And they are separate languages. And they do actually have hard boundaries at the borders between the two countries. That's just kind of how things, for whatever reason, worked out. I don't know if the actual borders were drawn based on stuff like this or the humans actually migrated out to be like this or or what's going on. Um, But these are not mutually intelligible languages at all. And there are dialects within, I'm not studying anything in the German side of stuff. I'm studying the closest cousin to English, which is the stuff, which is what is called, which is incorrectly called West Frisian, but is the Frisian language to the west of the other two. Just called Frisian in the Netherlands. Uh, Because it's the closest to English, so it's interesting. And it has dialects and stuff like that, but they're all mutually intelligible. They're like accents kind of thing. I don't know that there's a whole lot of different spelling or anything like that, but there might be different accent usage, usage or something weird like that. Uh, thankfully, we haven't gotten into learning that stuff yet. But I did, did want to share. I think I talked about uh, me, me needing to take a crash course in grammar. I went to Khan Academy, which is um, it's, a, it's a terrible instructor and a, and a good website with potential that isn't used correctly. Uh, so an
1: economy
0: yeah con con academy sorry it's like in genghis khan <laughs> yeah exactly what's well, the guy's name right i don't know if it's his last name or his first name so there's there's one one dudes i'm surprised you haven't heard of it it's actually wildly popular so if you wanted to learn if you wanted to learn a lot of basic stuff so in my case grammar but if you wanted to learn mathematics which is what i went i went to it before i wanted to I wanted to walk myself through all of mathematics again, because I'm of the opinion that, that children aren't raised right. And children aren't raised right. Cause we don't know how to do that. And so it gets discovered, <laughs> but it gets discovered in every single generation constantly by every single family. And that's partly because we don't have, uh, enough grandparent involvement and partly because families are separated from one another and aunt and so so we we kind of raise kids and we have this weird education system and we have this this odd problem of balance and education is done differently in different regions and provincially and things are things are a little bit odd but and all that's kind of It's bad it's kind of kindergarten until these citizens become adults and so i'm of the opinion that there is an opportunity for that adult at some point and it can take forever it's self-directed for that person to raise themselves afterwards so when people talk about like self-improvement quote unquote well yeah well yeah because nobody else was there doing it right the first time so that adult has to pursue their own path And often it takes them a long time just to realize that that's a thing that they could have done, should be doing. And so something like an online education course, a person shouldn't feel bad about going back to quote unquote school privately, anonymously to learn stuff from when they were five, like, like, or going in and buying like secretly buying paints and getting watercolors like that are meant for the, the six to 12 and, and just like playing in, in the privacy of their garage and, and it like in secret and then just tearing everything up and throwing it away in secret. It's, it's like, you can do all this stuff. You can go and explore, you can get Play-Doh or clay, or you can dough and water or whatever and just goof around like a child. Nobody's going to know. And it's not like not expensive or anything like your adults are rich compared to like little kids so you can like do all this stuff and you can go back to school and not be embarrassed about learning like grade three mathematics you'd be surprised how hard some of that stuff actually is because as it turns out it really was useless <laughs> so you just let it all go <laughs> like your early mathematics the way they teach math is really weird like it's I know math, I know like counting, I know just through raw memorization, I have this, this matrix of numbers that stitch together. And but there's no philosophy behind all of it. I just have it all is as memory. It's it. And it turns out, it's just filling a lot of memory for no reason. And there are all these tricks for like, multiplying multi digit numbers, for example, or doing addition and subtraction that are like, wicked fast and shortcuts where you don't have to map out all these memorization techniques and it's, it's people were making fun of this stuff called new math and new math is not new. It it was actually old. And there was this really wacky transition period where crappy memorization based mathematics got thrown in. So like basic arithmetic is what I'm talking about, for example. So like, you know, what's what's seven plus five well seven plus five is is five minus two and seven plus three plus two and it was just like weird tricks like that and i'm probably explaining it wrong but you're actually doing these rounding techniques you're subtracting to pull numbers away from other numbers and i had kind of learned to do that on my own but it's actually being taught formally it was never taught to me like that when i was growing up it was you, you, you understood numbers in certain ways and you, and, and it just turned out to be mapped out as, as physical, raw, terribly uncompressed memory. And And it's, so it's been wasting a chunk of my brain. And so I go to get to go back and act like a little kid again. And it's fascinating to do that. And, uh, I gave up, I had some other stuff to do, but it's really interesting. I go back, log into my Khan Academy account and it's, It's, it's like giving me a score based on my having made these major quote unquote, major accomplishments and like giving me these legacy badges for having done this stuff from what I'm trying to think of when it it was a few years ago at this point. And, uh, so I'm, I'm pursuing what would be basic grammar and it's strange because it's presented like i am its direct audience which is not correct i'm surprised it, it would consider me its audience it's put it's made for people who are native high level english speakers who want to actually learn the the rules of grammar that they already use and you'd think that maybe a course on grammar would be taught for people that don't know english very well but it's not the case <laughs> he's he's this guy is presenting like, really advanced stuff, not advanced in terms of grammar, but the assumption that the person is a native speaker of English, which is just odd. Yeah, I mean, it, it turns out that, that it's perfect for me, it, and it's not exactly fast, and there's a lot of stuff that's confusing, and I don't have to take this seriously because it doesn't matter to my job or my life. Um, it doesn't even turn out to, be, to matter for learning another language. Uh, so, but I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to determine how much of learning, in my case, Frisian, matters in terms of do I need to understand grammar, grammar words, and grammar rules in English in order to map that knowledge out to learning Frisian in order to learn Frisian properly. Like when they start talking about nouns and verbs and pronouns and blah, blah, for Frisian, then i'll have to understand what those concepts are because part of that language learning course does not include explaining what those things are it'll just use those words i think i haven't gotten that far ahead yet but i have so it turns out that the entire course it's it's broken down it's it's 840 hours but it's broken down to um 13 weeks and it turns out that each of the weeks is broken into two days i'm not sure how long they think one of those days is going to be but i'm assuming it's like a good four hours a piece i haven't done the math i don't care i'm a bit of a slow student so it's probably going to take me four days of like three to five hours through each of those days so like this is going to be displacing watching tv right watching movies reading books so this is this is something i have to admit that i want to do and spend the time at and so i've gone through one and a half days even though it's it started on monday so i, I know i'm slow already but i'm actually taking detailed notes and i'm going to go back and i'm going to do it all again from scratch and i'm doing that because um i mean it's really badly presented i've got really serious problems with the underlying philosophy of how they're teaching this stuff and because it's like These are native, I don't actually know, I know enough of them are probably going to be Frisian as first language speakers, and they just learned, in this case, they learned Dutch and, and English. English is basically another language throughout the Netherlands. They have, um, in, so in, I learned more about this stuff. So in, um, in Friesland, the, that's the, that's the province that has Frisian as it's, all the native speakers are basically all there. And they've got it turns out they do have some university, uh, parallel to university buildings, there, places, campuses. And one of them actually at all of its programs, 100% of its programs, the entire site is English only. So English, they have competency with English. It's not an intimidating idea at all. And so, um, i these are people that are competent in languages and for some reason they seem to be incompetent at presenting this 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 language to native english speakers so it's it's really weird because i was so for example (laughs) all of it is badly laid out but one of them refers to uh, like a youtube video that one of the professors had hosted from whenever he made it like it's the video is old enough that it's that's not hd so i'm watching this thing and it's got text coming across and then then some pictures sometimes or a person and and they're they're saying words they're saying words and the words are frisian so the sound is frisian but and it's got a word in english and it's got a foreign word and i'm like the foreign word doesn't match what they're saying it was the most confusing thing and it took me like I commented on how weird it was and then I came back and I listened to it again and I, I was doing some work based on that and trying to get the spelling of the things I'm hearing and I'm like no something is just so wrong about this and I'm pretty sure and I asked I'm, I haven't gotten a response yet I'm pretty sure they're actually putting English and Dutch text up for Frisian for spoken Frisian and I, cause I don't know any Dutch. So it was like, I thought it was English text and Frisian text and somebody talking in Frisian and occasionally somebody would be talking with like an alternate word or something. And it's like, well, so they're reusing that video for teaching native Dutch speakers, Frisian, which makes perfect sense. They just didn't tell little old me. So it's like there, cause they think nothing of just mixing in Dutch and English when they're doing Frisian related stuff. (laughs) So things like, wow. Oh yeah. So some stuff just has to get redone or, or clarified somehow to not completely wreck. Like, so I'm a, a fairly high end, like I understand good academic English and good legal English and, And I can get into technical language for various industries fairly well. Like I can get up to speed if somebody hands me, I actually had more than one doctor hand me the, the technical stuff. So I got x-rays for my back and they, they do this report and that gets sent to my general practitioner who consults me over how my life changes based on, you know, a back injury. You, You talk about something, something like that. Like I had my doctor just hand me the paperwork because I can just go in here. I can read the the technical language, like the shorthand technical stuff and go like, wow, this goes way over my head. And just go look stuff up until I can piece it together. I can figure it out. I have very strong ability with English, right? Very strong, but I don't have any grammar skills. I can't actually remember being taught what the heck the difference is between a noun and a verb. I mean, I can be... I can have that explained to me I can have that explained to me like I'm an eight year old right Uh, that's why I'm going to Khan Academy to kind of get up to speed Um, and so I'm kind of in that situation and I have absolutely zero proper uh, experience with learning other languages now other people are in a different situation where they have they have whatever strong native level English but they've had experience exposure to learning other languages whether or not they're competent at all these are people that don't speak a second language but that person is way up to speed with the idea of learning another language and they can enter into a course like this and they can do way better than me I go into this course I have no idea what the heck they're trying to do they're, they're like it, it's the weirdest thing having somebody go to you and say um Uh, I'm going to speak some phrases to you and I want you to try to write them down. I'm like, what? How, how am I supposed to write down what you say? Because I don't have a background in writing down phonetics. There's actually a phonetic alphabet. You might see it. If you go and look at a dictionary, but you'll see it on Wikipedia. For example, if you look at, um, at some, if you go and you look at, uh, anything that is an anglicized version of a foreign language for example you go and look up uh, like a country or something like that so it might have native pronunciation or it might have the way you would say it in english and it, it some websites and stuff like this do it too where they've got like a little audio speaker and you can you can click it and it will say the word for you there's actually i could go find it but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna derail things right now by going and looking up looking it up um, there are dictionary websites that do this kind of thing it, some so a, a human will speak it not a robot and uh, so there's an actual alphabet of really funny characters that that is for recording sounds I don't know that so if somebody says something to me in a foreign language how the heck am I gonna write that down I what well, like that's that's not a thing in learning English we have a in the United States, they used to have a thing called uh, "hooked on phonics." Kind of this this concept, there was a phonetic English that was that would help a young learner go from understanding how to speak English well enough. Like they're young, so they don't have a, they will gain more words, um, but they don't know how to spell things very well so what you do is they they spell this explains a lot about the Americans actually so they spell things wrong and they spell things simply and then they they can construct sentences and learn from that and grow from that and then they just map out and learn all the weird variations and the proper spellings for everything and they grow up and they grow up into a fully competent uh adult that has all the language skills that has all the correct spelling etc so they have this method from way 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 back there and it's really good for morale for a little kid just to be able to write everything they hear down write everything they think down have their ideas have their stories and just have and, and it becomes text and it's no problem now they stopped doing that which led to you know the revival of poor literacy which is which is really awful to hear and um, but I I, I and so I've got no, I, I can kind of guess at some phonetics, but it's not a thing in Canada. We don't really teach like that. And so when this person is asking me it, to write down something that I hear from, from <laughs> Frisian of all things, and I, I don't, I kind of poked around at a different course. So I actually kind of understand some concepts of spelling and sound, but I'm supposed to pretend like I'm a regular student right that that's part of the point and I'm like well if I were in English if, if I didn't know any of this stuff I kind of don't well how would I like what are you guys thinking how am I supposed to write any of this stuff down so like I made an attempt at writing things in in a weird phonetic English like how would you say so do so do yo uh, e I things like, like weird. And those are, there's are sounds and those can be individual words. And how would you write any, how would you write dough in English? Well, you'd write it like dough, the bread, <laughs> right? You might write it like Homer Simpson's D O H. Well, that's technically the spelling is D O in Frisian, but in English you would say do. So that's not right in English, in phonetic English. So you'd like right in this busted and you'd really have to work hard and there's no way you could just hear something in a sentence like full-on high-speed sentence and then just write it down because you'd have to pause and go okay well that word kind of sounds like this and you'd map it out and and language is really weird um the the chinese so mainland chinese with uh what is called standard chinese which you'd know it as mandarin Is taught the way those native speakers are taught English and uh, the Japanese are like this as well is you they come from a language style and a writing style that is utterly alien to English and so in Chinese in particular and the Japanese do a bit of this but I'm not familiar enough with them so what the, what the Chinese do is they encourage a, a person saying the right word with the right sounds by taking uh, components of Chinese words and stitching them together to help a person. So they, they would use a bit of sound from this word here and then a bit of sound from that word there and those sounds map together to be the sounds for that English word. And so first off you you end up with this outrageous accent that happens that's guaranteed based on this stuff based on this teaching they don't listen to the English understand how the mouth shape works how the tongue the throat work in order to make the sounds and they even don't they don't quite properly teach just from raw alphabet they'll teach from sounds with with Chinese character components and stuff like that it's And you end up with citizens that are kind of halfway kind of competent, maybe for passing a test, but in, in really competent native level English speaker, um, they're heavily, heavily accented and they don't, they just understand things based on raw memorization. And it is, uh, it is tragic. So it's, it's a high speed way of getting people kind of up to speed, kind of. Uh, and they'll be able to like use Microsoft windows in English <laughs> and, but a lot of stuff is going to be just kind of off and I'm, I'm getting that kind of vibe from the way, and that's the problem with, with, with people that already know the, the material, it's hard for them to teach like a person who's already native in that language, isn't automatically competent at teaching somebody else to become native. And a person that's already native in the language to be learned and really good near native at the language of the learner is kind of making these weird assumptions because they already know everything So, and they just, it's, it's weird. I'm not being helped because the, the people who run this course, they already know everything and it's hard for them to see things through the eyes of, of a, a new learner. And that's the problem that a lot of education is, is there are assumptions of layers of competency that, and this is a real problem with distance learning too. If it's a physical, if it's a small class with, a, a highly competent, you know, well-funded teacher. when, when's that going to happen? Right. And the teacher can actually attend to the students individually. And if the student, if the teacher is actually properly given reign to, to create their own course, like you don't have, man, I can't remember the term common core, I think is the term in the United States. And if you don't have like common core, what that does is that place pretend like all humans are exactly the same and it, it oppresses all students with this the sameness this common testing often it's to the lowest common denominator like it's tweaked to constantly be pulled down to help more and more students graduate it's number fudging now if if you get rid of that and you have the classic small classroom stuff with a teacher that's able to change what that teacher does is is that teacher starts listening to the feedback from it's like inarticulate kids right but they kind of talk about the things that they like and don't like that the things they don't understand and but the teacher becomes a really good observer and listener and sees when the kids are struggling and they learn the teacher will learn to modify everything and so the the class for the next year of the next set of students that course gets improved iteratively improved and if the teachers can communicate properly and there's no mechanism that they do that they would all education for that class for that age group across culturally compatible regions for example for for so for students that are relatively similar the course load it'll be fairly universal for the different kinds of kids but it will be tweaked to be appropriate for that those kids and that concept it all manner of doesn't exist in education at all and it's really weird because we have this online learning concept that's becoming more obvious and there's some jokes going around like snow days are going away because of this online learning nonsense and i'm sitting back going you guys don't know half of what you're missing out in like you 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 think being stuck at home is bad you you don't know all of the other things that you're missing out on as awful as school may be for a lot of schools the actual school experience is, is really great and quote unquote learning you think you can map it out to being online well boy you can't and the problem with mapping it all out online is the now the sameness can be absolutely guaranteed with the exact same tests, with the exact same environment, with the exact same uh, scheduling, with the uh, like, and you can get this top down oppression of all of education. And the problem is you get these bean counters up there that have no concept that individual students are individuals, that humans can be different and that those individual students still need small classroom sizes because the first thing you do is when things are online well now you can automate everything now you need one teacher per thousand students now like you get nonsense like that with excuses like well we we need to pull the budget back away from teachers we don't need school supplies anymore so and we can take that money and we can fund it into the technology side of things and we can we can have like artificial intelligence assisting stuff and answering questions. We can have like frequently asked questions and resources and websites and, and like on and on. And, and, and it's all wrong because you have no concept of, of the, the individual, um, well, the individualization, but the general mutation of each course load across students with certain cultural and individual constraints, like that, all that goes away playing pretend like. All humans are just empty vessels to be filled by the exact same liquid in the exact same amount, which is not, it's not human. It's, it, humans don't work like that. And so we're going to get a lot of, uh, we're going to get a lot of, of quote unquote adults who are put through that subject to that, who will not be correct. They won't be correct in the head for all kinds of reasons. socialization happens in schooling and so what what do you want you want your socialization to be online man you got some serious problems then we've already seen what happens with that we've already seen where people that are that are addicted or have been socialized too much online we we already see what happens when those people get into industry those people become adults that, that work like it's awful it's just awful it's awful what happens when they're consumers it's awful what happens when they own businesses when they infect departments when like the entire there's a joke that was going around called called oh so relatable when you get these businesses that they all have these animal mascots and nonsense like that anybody that's old that's older than let's say 40 or something like that Maybe older than 30. Well, look at that. It's just constantly insulting. This this pandering, this talking down to a market, this, oh, I'm a big business and I'm, I'm friendly. I'm totally, totally on board with the hip new trans kids. And it's like, it's, it's the stupid meme joke. Like, hello, hello, fellow kids. It's like, sorry, big business. You're evil and distant and you're trying to sell a product. Playing pretend like you're one of us is the most. Oh, it's transparently insulting, but it actually works because that's how these, the young generation works. Quote unquote young, like thirty year olds are young now, and. And this this is because there is this, this the normalization of education being pushed from this real world, kind of small town concept with individual teachers with that are able to to mutate with you know that out into this one this one even this this smooth it's it's like it's smooth like the concrete that gets smoothed down before it hardens it's it's this one education system that's supposed to apply to everybody everywhere but it's not and you just get this the socialization goes from outside to inside to online and it's going to absolutely devastate uh, devastate humanity, and by humanity I mean "quote unquote" the West, whatever the heck that is, because you know, smart civilizations will act in their own unique way because they will understand that they are different. And but anyway, so for for the native English speakers, for the Five Eyes, for the British, the United States, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, for those countries that are they're actually raw native English speakers the gener- a generation of kids that are raised online is just going to be the stupidest thing ever we don't even have the concept of like recess with a constrained space where all the kids will go and quote-unquote play online like they just go and they surf Facebook In their spare time like recess 15 minutes will they socialize just with one another because that's what they were forced to do before just ban cell phones from schools and away you go and and they interact with one another they they learn to talk (laughs) yeah okay so so my online learning experience is kind of awkward because the online learning experience is dumb and uh i i am pushing for them adjusting themselves by pretending to be well as dumb as i am but but by keeping in mind i have only learned certain things as i go through the course so i'm being a hard ass about it and hopefully they'll listen to me but i am finding a lot of technical problems so i am actually helping them you know if they ignore my our clash of philosophy they can if they ignore that they still have a lot of feedback from me that would be wildly useful for them to use for their particular philosophy which is fine i'm glad to help Uh, hopefully i'll become competent in spite of their incompetence okay normally we would do this segment as administrivia and so uh i'll do a little bit about that and i'll scatter in some of the rest of the stuff i haven't talked about um so i some time ago At this point, several shows ago, I had cut it short because I had a rather wrecked voice. And doing the post-production, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell, which was really wonderful because it means that the actual post-production change uh, was... was, um, It made my voice acceptable, even to my own ears. And you tend to hear... You tend to not like your own voice when you hear it back. But um, I've been thinking about that, I mean ever ever since that moment uh, about why that would have happened. because so for example, right now I was just eating some chips and kind of picking it out of my teeth as a and hoping it doesn't interfere with with the my speaking and this kind of stuff. So it's my mouth is a little funny, but back then it was it was just wrecked. I wasn't doing anything with eating or whatever the heck, right? and it was this uh i was offered a pastry and i offered one of these kind of like flaky crust um apple filled things
1: and i love those i think you said this last time as well did i
0: okay so that's that's good then i'll be quick so i i still think that that something in there is the issue and so i'm going to keep that in mind i still kind of want to reproduce reproduce that and not just because I want to eat more of those although I do want to eat more of those so um. okay so so right yeah it, it, I don't like discovering another food that I shouldn't eat and the more I, I depend on this show is the more I would depend on not eating that so it'd be like I can't eat those those foods It becomes an obligation so if if it's something that interferes things will so the obligation of this show would also make would also ripple through into consequences for something else so that's that might be a little bit annoying to I don't know maybe it's just a class of food I shouldn't be eating anymore I mean if it takes a couple of days to recover then that's fine just eat it between shows and I'll be fine but but often you mean it after the show, between, right? Like so, after one show and before another one, that's what between is.
1: So well, I <laughs> <laughs> not during <laughs> the best best point best play best point to eat it just be after a show would be the day within like X hours after yeah a show and then never like a day
0: or two before yeah so it's it's maximum recovery time but it's i don't think i've got an allergy it didn't do anything like certainly the next day was fine so and i i I mean I, i did a little bit of voice chat while gaming and stuff like that so it wasn't i never noticed it again quite quickly afterwards so it's short term i know there are people that have weird long-term allergies where it's like they do a thing and then it means something but only after like a significant amount of time and then it matters for a a significant amount of time after that so it's like oh it's got an x number of weeks delay and, and it hits them hard for a long time and then then they recover and so they have this this adventure trying to figure out what the heck they've been doing weeks ago that might have inflamed some problem in themselves yeah it's uh if you ever learn of certain people that go on like a keto diet because they have wacky food allergies and that's just part of their they're like weird purging cleansing diet things where people start doing dietary restriction and then do exploration like you if you ever look research in that direction you'll find people have these sorts of odd reactions to certain foods and it's just i I don't experience any of that so it's weird for me to to learn about this stuff so i don't i don't have that for this whatever the heck was going on um maybe it's just bread maybe so maybe it wasn't vitamin e all this time it wasn't vitamin e that helped me it was me giving up bread (laughs) well that uh It's not like vitamin E is a waste of uh, money or is, um, is, I mean, it's got other benefits, right? So I don't feel, I don't feel bad about that. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to play around. Like you get to a certain age and a lot of this stuff while interesting and while I would, I would definitely, if it was easy, I would go after the answers. I just don't care. I got better things to do right now rather than, than kind of like, I, I am doing things that are more important than discovering those things about myself as, as fun as it is. I I'd rather, I'd rather do the show than figure out why these weird things happen that would influence the show. I'd rather, know, I'd rather, I, you know, I'm just getting on with stuff and the young don't fully understand what that perspective is, but, and it's not exactly apathy that's in adults. It's uh you end up focusing and specializing and and having honed interests that and and a lot of the nonsense the expression is uh, you become an adult when you put your toys down and choose to become an adult people have different definitions and we've talked about this in the previous episode but it's something like you become an adult when you accept the burden of certain responsibilities when you accept accountability and this this might t- take each individual because individuals are individual it might take individuals um, however long it takes them to actually understand that it might take parenthood for somebody to understand that at any rate so I, I don't I don't really care enough I don't I like the life that I've got now I don't need to, to experiment in order to try to include bread on purpose um, I might because i i make date squares and they're really really good date squares and but it's got uh in it can be white wheat or it can be whole wheat uh in it it's it's significant enough I and mean, it's mostly like oats so the the crust is oats and wheat and uh, i don't know that there could be a substitute per se i know that there are there's like gluten-free alternatives and stuff like that I could pursue those so I might like make things make that and then see if that does things in order to determine whether or not that small amount of wheat means anything and if I if I eat that again and then I notice this stuff I'll definitely be like well what are these ingredients because I've had oatmeal like just bowls of oatmeal lately like recently and it was fine it was great Um, and so i'm pretty sure that's out it's definitely not the brown sugar it's definitely not the dates because i eat those separately it's not the butter um i i that's not really part of my rotation these days but i have had a history of butter on lots of kinds of stuff so ah, whatever whatever i mean i'm wasting my time talking about it right now but it might be interesting for others so so some administrative and then I will ramble on about some other stuff. So it, it, it's now a couple of shows ago, two or three of shows ago, I'm doing the post-production and it's, it's the most obnoxious thing. So we've got separated uh, audio channels in order to deal with minions, ridiculous, terrible audio. Uh, and, uh, that's working out very well. I actually enjoy it. my last, it, it, it went up today earlier today yesterday yesterday okay so the full show went up and that was the first full show where i was particularly pleased with the two channels being done uh, separately being modified separately i mean the same techniques are being applied but they're being applied to the separate channels independent of one another and that that collection of stuff it it works really well however however in the previous show or so the same sort of technique i just had not refined it well Um, you could hear a minion with his open mic and like breathing and chewing and it was the most obnoxious thing ever and I I was able to clean it up really easily it wasn't overlaying on my talking which is what was happening before with our shared audio track Uh, but it's funny because I can really hear it all crystal clear when I'm doing the editing of his track and uh, it's just hilarious how much there Wait, is. Wait, how do you
1: do it? That Wait, what do you do? Okay, so,
0: so right now we're recording on Audacity, and I've got an instance on my computer. You've got an instance on your computer. We have a sync concept, but I. So what happens is you deliver your track to me, your data folder and your Audacity file, and I take it an, and. then you a, match it up? Then I so I open two instances of Audacity, and I essentially copy paste the tracks into a new instance of audacity okay now i've got two separate tracks and i can actually solo i can do well it's actually a button called solo and uh, the hotkey by default is shift s man that saved me so much time and so i can play your track and i can see your waveform individually from mine and i can isolate them so i can modify yours i can blank out areas i can kind of shuffle stuff around sometimes because we we clip a little bit like sometimes you will talk over the end of one of my words and sometimes I will talk over the end of one of your words like we because sometimes we'll complete one another's thoughts or we'll interrupt and correct so I can
1: shift add correct or just add more phrases because or add somewhat of a same talk talking point because otherwise it's just you rambling on for ever what
0: okay yeah yeah so we will evolve into something superior to what we have now where you are participating more for example like you did some great talking about uh, uh, about halo like in the first segment so there's going to be more um oh man i'm, I'm lacking the word right now because we don't do enough of it
1: relatability no no it's it's expansion no
0: we well okay, yes, but um, what I wanted to say is something like um, there there's a way we play off of one another. There's like a convers- yes. No, there's a conversational jazz that happens where I say some stuff and and that prompts you to say certain things and then that prompts me. So where that that's the advantage of having like you know those podcasts where like the video podcast where they got like five people. And they're all like talking excitedly because, and it's like, that's the one person that just constantly agrees with everybody else. (laughs) So, so person A talks and then person B is like, Oh yeah, I think that too. (laughs) And it's just like, some of them are just there for filler. And then every once in a while, somebody will have some original thought. So there, there's this, and there's constantly this harmony of voices. And that's, so that constant flood of audio of speech from the different voices it ends up being one continuous unbroken um, uh, like there's no pause for breathing that would happen with one individual speaker because you got all these people collaborating and things don't get these lulls in the way that somebody with a kind of a slow mind might have and so we might evolve into a s- situation where I might have pauses and thought, and I could have pauses and thought because every once in a while you could pop in and give your two cents, your perspective, your, your end of agreement, your, your whatever. So we'll get to that point right now with the way the audio works is every once in a while we'll interrupt one another, which is bad in the past. I just wouldn't hear you because of the way that my audio was set up. Now I've got a headset on. I just, I hear you crystal clear. So I know when you're talking and I can actually shut up and before, like you would try to talk or just agree or something, and I would never hear you. And I would just talk continuously (laughs) and with the separated tracks. Now I like, I can hear with the headphones on when that happens. So it's going to stop completely. And with the separated tracks, I can notice that. And I can actually time shift stuff around a little. So that's one of the advantages, but. I can't remember what you originally brought up something else um, let me see if I can remember it um, it's uh, I was talking about your your open mic and and it was like all these other really dumb issues that uh, that I could actually physically witness and actually completely remove and I could hear all kinds of clickety clacks from you typing because the, the mic was open when you breathe and and I don't know if it's still a problem. I haven't heard it now that I have a headset on, I will hear all that stuff, but you had like windows sounds playing every once in a while. It, it would happen every other show, but it was the most obnoxious thing. It would, it would insert it back in our old technique. It would be inserted over top of my audio track. Cause cause we had shared audio and it was, it was bloody obnoxious. Oh man. It was so bad to work with. And so now I can, I could filter something like that out. So if, if you had one of these pops or clicks, cause you, you hit a mute button or you knocked your headphones off, you bumped your mic or something weird. I, I can just, I can remove that and I can only have the moments when you speak and it would be absolutely wonderful. So right now we're kind of in a situation where I have the maximum possibility separating any conflict between our audio tracks. And it's, um, yeah, yeah. I like where we're going with stuff. Um, I would so, for example, if we had, if we if we had like five people around a table, right, and we were filming that and we were recording, every single one of those microphones would be mixed into a separate audio recording track, and I will probably get really, really retentive about. Uh, making sure that no one of those mics picked up the audio from another one of those mics so people would have them people would be leaning back from one another and the microphones would be of a certain style and pointed right at their mouth and i might even have little shields around the microphones stuff like that it might not work very well for a, a visual for a camera perspective but i mean so there's all kinds of issues but having everybody with their own individual audio track It lets you do so the, the most important thing. So aside from, from isolating, say your background noise issues with my background issues, So isolating them the way this technique has been arranged, it lets us, we don't have to be in the same room and we don't have to rely on discord, for example, or some other audio chat because, so if that interrupts for some reason, it doesn't matter we're still synced we're still recording locally I don't have to have a net connection um, so ugh, train of thought train of thought um, so Wow okay well I was talking about audio mixing earlier so um, having separate audio tracks that's it the, the one greatest advantage noise isolation all this kind of stuff the one the thing is you remember all people are different. (laughs) Hey, it's a biological trait. We don't want to think of it as being more than, uh, more more than just like your physical body. Eh, It is, it's, it's a bunch of other stuff. We're not, we're not, we're not ready to talk about basics of life yet, but whatever, maybe our culture will advance to that. Now you've got a different voice. It's a, it's just a biological fact right i could play pretend like you're a cup to be filled and give you training to have speech like to it's like actors trying to learn an accent it just uh, as it turns out as dedicated as somebody is it doesn't work some people are good at it some people are not no matter how hard they try such is life Boo hoo. get on with doing the things you're good at and enjoy let other people be good at their stuff stop trying to stop, stop. It's because life is PVP that we keep worrying about these things. Uh, So annoying. So the one advantage of having separated individually recorded audio tracks is because your voice, because one person's voice is different from the next person's voice is different from the next. There can be audio treatment customized for the voice, not just for the fact that it's a different It's like, it's a different brand of microphone and it's in a different environment with different background noises and stuff. So, and all those are enough to, to demand for, for like a competent engineer, which is not me, but for a competent person, that's enough to, to, for individual tweaking, I'm not doing that maybe one day, Uh, but with an extra voice if they can be tweaked a voice can be tweaked based on uh, something like cadence which so there's a there's a an ebb and flow of volume for certain voices and it depends on the personality their excitement stuff like that and this is especially true when you've got somebody with like they're playing a game and there's background sounds there's explosions and stuff and you get the conflict of their voice plus the game audio and the waveforms of what's being recorded are all like uh tall and short you get these peaks and valleys and and so there's one kind of audio uh, massaging that can manage that stuff but that's going to be different for certain voices so we don't have any background anything it's just voices and so i'm my speech is different from yours. So for example, if you have one person who's got like a mouse voice, they're very soft, they're very shy, uh, that if, if you mixed all the audio together, you would have to turn that, physically turn that microphone up to make sure that that person gets picked up properly, just cause they're like that. You don't necessarily want to retrain a person to talk, to be a different person, to have a different personality. Um, for entertainment purposes what usually happens is you take you take your personality and you turn it up to 11. you don't you don't make another personality that's that's a stressful hard experience that makes every that makes everything work you just want to be you but like kind of a an amplified non-you the the exception the weird the and and that's what becomes sustainable for you as an actual creator So you'll have weird voices. You'll have different kinds, fundamentally different kinds of voices and having access to them individually means that an audio engineer can, can smooth things out with volume, with pitch, with all kinds of stuff. So there's, there are a set of techniques. I should probably pull up my list of stuff today. I mean, Hey, let's get into the slight amount of detail. So let's see, it's in here in my audio clip, my modifications. Okay, so I've got an audio engineering advice te- text file. Boy, is it a bunch of bullet points. It's, it's made to be really, really simple right now with like, I cooked in user presets for all the things. So I don't even talk about what the settings are except for noise reduction. Cause, cause technically speaking, I might have a different amount of background noise one day. And so I need to understand quick how to tweak things just so the the, f- the feature works pretty well but I might actually change that any. any, Okay. So, so there are different features that will apply to different voices. And the one thing that, that really matters is something called equalization. And equalization is, is like it represents itself as a mathematical curve. And that curve is a way of bringing Uh, of of adjusting the ranges in the waveform so you can do things like so there's something called a high pass filter which is the highs pass but the lows get get uh, pulled up to be higher or get removed entirely okay so what the high pass filter is is what it does is it it removes the bottom of audio that isn't a part of normal human speech, it it eliminates that completely. And it only allows the higher stuff to get through. So it only allows voices and higher stuff to get out. And there's a low pass filter, which does the opposite, but that's not generally necessary. So if you have traffic, if you have the rumbling of stuff behind the scenes, you know, you've, and it, it will just remove that stuff. Wonderful. People with good audio systems understand the need to have a high pass filter. Now there's something similar to that in equalization, which is you can actually take a voice, you can change the pitch of the voice essentially. So I can actually take the bass out of a person's voice, or I could pick it up a little bit and I can just change this curve just like equalization settings on whatever, on your audio software, for example, where you've got all these different knobs, they represent little points in what is essentially a curve. So you, so for example, I always pull down the bass. So that's the stuff on the left-hand side. You'll see a bunch of numbers which mean nothing to a regular person, but they do for an audio engineer. So they don't matter to me, but I understand the curve stuff. So I, so for some people, you might bring down that range for the human voice, or you might bring up the range to give depth or bass or whatever, and you might pull down. So for me, my settings, my settings are universal for both of us. It's like people say, well, if you want to have a comfortable listening experience for a human voice, you need to have settings like this. Uh, that's not actually true. It's individual. But I don't know anybody. Uh, okay, So I just make it this one, like couple of slopes and they're just slopes. They're not even curves. <laughs> I'm terrible. And just because I, I math, I thinking, I don't understand this yet you know, you, you start from somewhere, I've got something and it does sound pretty good. So I start off by bringing up the, the end, end of stuff. And cause there's a difference between how I sound in real life and how I get recorded by my microphone. And because there's that difference, I want to have a more in-person, authentic room listening experience that my microphone has trouble recording. If I had a, If I had a thousand dollar microphone it would pick me up a bit better and I wouldn't have to do these changes so I end up kind of picking up the the left side of stuff the base side of stuff I have a slope and then it flattens out so the 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 depth is improved so there's a richness to my voice and then it's flat and then the rest is pulled down I don't really understand what that means but it, it massage you can massage a voice with equalization settings so theoretically speaking a competent engineer could take every single individual's voice and massage it in certain ways to make it more listenable whatever that happens to mean because that's part of the expertise of that of that skill set and so having separate audio tracks it allows magic to happen. And you just can't do that properly. If everybody's recorded in one single track, once they're in one single track, while you, even though one individual person is speaking at a time, hopefully like when people, the best circumstances, when no one person is talking over another person, so you can isolate individual humans Well, really because you can actually like select and perform certain audio set audio changes individually to different segments but that's so annoying imagine doing that for three hours of audio just like listen for a little bit oh that's a different person's voice okay begin like a slow your pace down a bit (laughs) yeah like so, select the left hand part of your selection okay wait for them to finish when they're talking okay that's that's the b point select everything in between oh equalization settings user preset bob and okay next person is talking you okay select it again user preset no jane and and, and on and just constantly doing that if you just separate them into different tracks you can go all of bob is like this all of jane is like this and and which is the other annoyance is the processing takes a long time, and uh, I don't know of a way of running the same set. So if I if I, if so I've got uh, a limiter and noise reduction in certain ways, and I've got a compressor, and I'm normalizing, and I've got equalization, I've got a high pass filter, and I don't know how to just say okay do all these things and just walk away i have to go like do this thing and then five minutes later come back okay well what's next on my checklist okay do that thing and then walk away for five minutes it's just like i'm i'm definitely not putting this crap on a usb hard drive uh, as fast as that is because i copy all this over to my local hard drive and make sure it's as fast as possible you now when you can shave a minute off of your five minute thing it's so worth it i tab out and i like look at memes or th- maybe i'll just play a game and i'll come back after a match 15 minutes 15 minutes later and um and i guess it takes so long it just so th- just of raw processing not even listening and and clipping out and improving the audio individually like uh if uh like I physically edit out my plosives so when I do this kind of stuff uh, I can actually see it in the track man I shouldn't have done that cuz it's gonna wreck my audio. Um, that but that's what the uh, where, where is it what's the feature? I do uh, that's what the limiter does oh, limiter is great for that man that was amazing to discover um, so it'll chop that off and make it so I can normalize things properly uh, well, at any rate train well okay train of thought is wrecked so i just want to switch to something else because that was just (sighs) yeah more to learn there um yeah that that's it for my administrivia so uh, minion unless you have something to talk about i'm going to switch to other random stuff for 20 minutes
1: nothing i can think of right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) have you actually been spending 15 minutes a day at anything ever what's the last thing you improved since last show
1: Last thing that I improved? Mm-hmm.
0: Just a thing. Something small. Anything.
1: Nothing. Don't you feel accomplished? I mean I feel you... more dead inside than yeah.
0: normal. Well that's the thing. If if you you've got a to do list, I mean you admitted to it multiple times, if all you do is Accomplish like a little thing and th- that's it and then every once in a while you do a reality check you check in and you, you see well how, where where am I going um, if all you do is stand still and there's no momentum anywhere then you're gonna pause you're gonna something is gonna prompt you like me and you're gonna be like well and you're just standing still okay well it'd be better if you were like Curled up fetal position, at least rolling a little bit. I mean, that's something. And if you've got a decent checklist that you, on a good day, like <laughs> on a lucid well, day, <laughs> you could actually arrange your checklist and have it so that if you do move, you at least go in the right direction. Sorry, you were saying.
1: I don't know. Actually, I do know why I'm with my headset right now. It's giving me a little bit of a headache. Because oh. this is all I've been wearing for essentially, so now I actually have to physically stop myself and. So, like. Either avoid this headset for a bit, not have this headset on, like, pretty much all day, or my awake time, mm-hmm. and do other things, or at least go ghetto. <laughs> ghetto. Which I.
0: Desktop speakers is ghetto now.
1: <laughs> no, ghetto is me putting these things on my shoulders and then plugging you utilizing the amazing audio jack that this headset has, I could plug in the other set of headphones or like ear earbuds and use those.
0: Yeah. You'd, you'd wear it like a towel around a boxer's neck and then you have other headphones in. See?
1: Yeah. ghetto. I call that Keto. Yeah, pretty much. Really
0: don't like it. Really? Well, that's, that's something similar to what I have, which is like, I've got a Bluetooth, the, the Bluetooth device plugged into a USB, um, cable i've actually got it through like my magnetic ad- adsorption technique and then i've got a headset plugged into that i didn't i couldn't i couldn't be asked to take my jack and actually walk around to figure out what jack is on the back of my um motherboard to plug it in there it's <laughs> just like no just kind of like leave it in this head this uh device and plug it into a usb thing that i that i use for charging my phone and uh and it, it really doesn't matter because that's part of 80 percent time it's just get it done and maybe one day later i'll figure out how to optimize this this nonsense that hey i may as well bring that up because boy is that it been on my to-do list for a long time like not a physical and not related to this show but it's been in my head for a while which is having an audio switchboard and um And I knew a guy who made one, it was, it was, I thought it was kind of cool, but one of the problems with audio is, well, what happens if you want to have two different audio outputs, because you can't, because you get it, there's weakness, so you can do that well enough, but then how do you have multiple audio, uh, outputs from like two different sound sources? and then have them optionally go into multiple different uh, headphones for example like the combination of that involves having some physical switches and stuff so that's kind of something i like a little box or or something or other and they sell stuff like that but they don't describe it well enough so i'm not really and when something costs 80 bucks it's probably worth understanding what you're buying rather than buying it going uh trying to figure it out and then returning it hey but it's on one of my wish lists somewhere I think it's on my AliExpress wish list so um, so that would be part of 20% time to either research that or or buy that but when you are thinking about something like this show um, when a person is thinking about some endeavor in life uh, you need to optimize there needs to be a return on investment for everything and it's It's one of the, one of the problems with, with content creation is I've I've talked about this before, which is, oh, I don't have the right webcam. I don't have the right microphone. I don't have the right, oh, do I need to get a shock mount? Do I need to get a pop filter? Do I, how's my lighting? Uh, I need to get an arm. Like I, I'm going to look around right now. Like literally I don't have to swivel my chair. I don't even have to turn my head. Okay so there's an arm for my monitor to give me more space on my desktop there's a desktop mounted arm with my webcam attached to it and the webcam had to have threading similar to a camera so it could be mounted on top of it there is a little pull down uh the screen on the webcam so it can be it can be blinded i don't know how to turn off its audio though i mean that was cool to get get put in i got new desktop speakers that they can get out of the way and give me more space i mean i have a, a keyboard that's just so i have a mouse that's just so i have a second monitor with a monitor arm there that lets me you know gives me more width because large monitors are way too expensive and not appropriate for what i how i work i've got a have got one extra long desk clamped arm normally you would put like like a, a, a microphone or something on that I could and it's got a ring light on it and it's it's mobile so I can actually pull it down and put it in front of my webcam if I wanted to I don't like it but I could do that I use it to illuminate a wall so I can have part of my clamshell lighting on the other side of my desk I've got a lamp it's one of these halogen lamps like I could, should probably replace it because it's an energy hog and it's kind of awful it's on a gooseneck thing that i can turn it lights the other part of my wall it gives me good good enough lighting that it doesn't it makes it makes the picture for my webcam better less grainy but my webcam does good low light and further over i've got another monitor arm that and it, it's hooked up to a special shock mount but this special shock mount is for the wrong generation of of a microphone and i replaced the microphone and it's it's such and such and i made a i made a judgment call to get something that was less expensive and i just recently clamped one of these there's like a foam thing on top of this the the microphone but i just clamped a another like one of the pantyhose screens in the little ring i don't know what they're called there are words for all these things i just don't care and and I can be like well, I should get a quieter keyboard and well I should get better lighting if I'm gonna do the webcam thing and and well I I need to get a curtain to make my background look a little bit better and well I should get if I just replace this uh, the arm for my microphone it would articulate better and I could place it a little bit better and well maybe i really should buy a better microphone and well maybe i should get a microphone for minion and oh then i have to get a webcam for him and
1: god would have I don't to, want like, nope 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 we'd have, to, we'd have to get you
0: a, a, a mexican wrestling mask and well then i'm working on his lighting and and like on and on like oh maybe i should just have an animated avatar and Get some software that does that and listens to my voice and oh it goes on forever you know my chair is a little squeaky and and the problem is there's a lot of people that dream through all of that stuff i'm just speaking about youtube content creation for example just that but think of it for all of life there's a lot of get ready get ready get ready and then you just die Like old age comes circumstances change and you throughout all that time, you could have been doing things badly but at least doing things. And then every once in a while, kind of with the 20% time, you, you, you don't need to save up and then buy, 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 buy. And then, well, once I'm done, then I can start that kind of applies in certain circumstances. But honestly, if you, if you just had a potato camera, just, just go, just go. No, I don't have the right kind of X. Well, I'll just go. Well, what problem are you trying to solve? Embarrassment. Okay. Well, em, em, embar. Okay. Then get rid of your embarrassment. So, like a woman would say something like, "Well, I, I don't have the right makeup for this." Okay, that may well be true. Solve that problem. If that's a limit, then figure figure it out. Then, and if that's a budget thing, okay, good. That is a goal to be solved. You put that down. That's one of your hurdles. If you don't get to that hurdle, you know, you don't want it. So if you don't save up, you know, you don't want it. If you don't get the, the makeup, you don't, you know, you don't want it. If you don't get the right kind in the first place, you know, if, 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 and there are other ways of solving that problem, some of which I've talked about getting rid of embarrassment, but being on camera is actually remarkably easy Hmm. anyway, a person can, can constantly be getting ready, but. And that just becomes their 80% time that becomes their 100% time. They never actually start. What should happen is you start as sucky it's okay. You're going to be terrible. And that should be your 80% time is actually producing content. And in that 20, that's when you, when you worry about the research, when you think about, well, what, what's the good return on investment. Like our return on investment should be exploring other platforms should be multicasting right away. Like, that's incredibly important. That's probably the most important thing you could do, Minion. Is, like, actually make the actual accounts for the... I even brought up a thing. You're not even doing any thinking on your own. Just go make the accounts. Make it happen. I'll teach you how to do open, uh, like, OBS studio multi-broadcasting. So, like, it's, you, it's not hard. You can totally do it. You would just need to have some time. You would need to have 15 minutes a day. Ooh. But if all you do is, like plan 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 if all you do is work on your checklist like if all you do is work on your shopping list but you never go buy groceries (laughs) like (laughs) like just and there are people that are that are more like that they're they're planners they want to be safe and sure they want everything to be just so but they're frozen constantly frozen there's a lot of people who are the other way too which is they're just running they're just running after stuff and they don't they don't have a plan they're just winging it constantly and they often aren't anywhere near as good as they could be because they don't have a path so they'll be they'll be running all over mistakes and waste a lot of time need to come back need to regret all the everything that they've done wrong and then need to to slow down take a breath and and do things the right way that's why it's really good to have things in teams to to take advantage of the best strengths of every individual and Uh, and have these overlaps where you can collaborate well where where you're on the same page and then have your experts make up for the inadequacies of other people and it needs to be okay each one of these individuals has to say well you know i'm not very good at this one thing and it has to be okay because every person is involved brings the best that they can bring and there's no judgment as to oh man this is one of the big problems that a lot of businesses have this problem, for example, which is success in business is rated by money, which, which is n- not healthy at all. So there's a certain perspective that does that, that I disagree with. I start a business and I run a business and why I run a business is for my employees. It's for their salaries. and It can be for me as well but it's not like I'm not bound to my customers. I'm not there as a business to act, to fill the need of my customers. I'm filling the need for my employees first. That's how it works. And I fill that and I make them all competent. And that's what makes the business capable of selling, of being profitable. When you start thinking things too individually and you say, this person is the one that's bringing the money because that person's in sales. And you start valuing things in money and go, that's where income comes from. And then you value that more than this other person who is like, well, that person's just doing this and that's just maintenance work. And you think of this person's strength in being sales is making up for the inadequacy, the inefficiency of this person that's just doing record keeping. You go and you think in there, you think in the, like money is bad. If, if you think in terms of money, what you're doing is you're valuing this person differently than this other person. And so when you're collaborating a little bit more tightly, you have to th- think things like with all individuals participating are all critical in the exact same way, in the exact same way, literally, just because this person is, is convincing a foreign companies to give money doesn't mean that, that some other person isn't just as critical. Right? you've got salaries and that's the way you say that this person is doing harder work but it's not the way that you say that this person is is uh, bringing more money so they're taking a better cut for themselves never think like that because uh, the the person that's answering the phone is just as impor- important as the person that's closing the deal the person that's doing the accounting in the background that's that's keeping the wheels turning is just the same as your frontline programmer. It's just the same as your technical support. It's just the, and all of these individuals are, are key. They're all critical. Uh, any one of them is important for the entire running the, for the entire operation of the business. And a lot of, of businesses don't fully understand that. And they incentivize based on that end point that touches the money touches the customer and uh, it's it's really wildly unhealthy and for us so for a small team you you need to recognize that there're going to be overlaps between strengths and weaknesses between likes and dislikes for example so I was talking about married couples very much like that where you it has to be okay it has to be instinct for it to be okay when some people are just bad at things. And it's okay, and they should stay bad at things. That's fine. They don't have to like, try to be better, which is what a lot of businesses do. Oh, you're not very good at that. Well, you should try harder. And then like the finger pointing and stuff like that, should be like, no, you're good at this other stuff. Let's, let's make the best out of what you have to bring to the table by taking your best and applying your best to that problem. And then the other things, we get those, you- We get the things that you are now not supposed to touch because your competency is over here, with those other things, those quote unquote voids, to be filled by somebody else's competencies. And when you have a business that's arranged just so, because it's a small team and you really understand one another, this kind of stuff, and when that's okay and you don't have any weird bitterness, like uh, I have to do this, but all you have to do is clean the break room and it's like when you get this this small town nonsense um that stuff ends up being um everybody hurts over that um yeah you but you have you do have salary there's some countries where it's perfectly okay to talk about how much income you get even inside the office like you talk about that kind of stuff just, and that's totally not a thing in a lot of places. Like that's really not a thing in the United States. Like really, really. Cause probably cause you're trying to be nefarious and, and get more money for less work. And it's not a thing in Canada, but in other countries, it's like, yeah, imagine that every one of, if you're a business owner, every one of your employees is talking to everyone, everybody else and saying what kind of money they're making. You, the, the boss is kept in line because of that they're not going to try to like differently incentivize to kind of like oh this person you know finally got around to nagging me for more money it's like no 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 like everybody everybody gets to you you can't be like corrupt as a a funder of employees Um, having some people kept down uh, like because some employees and this I'll end with this. Okay. One of the reasons that there's a wage gap between men and women is because as it turns out, there's a trait called neuroticism. So you can think of a person as being shy against conflict. And this happens to be a much stronger trait in a lot of women in particular. And because all women have access to employment, are basically required to to have jobs. Um, And a lot of them have this trait a lot of them don't negotiate well for salaries for the salaries that they may well deserve right and then some somebody who is bold and this is the introvert extrovert problem like the extroverts go out and meet people they rub elbows they have more opportunities because they're because they're there and the shy people won't do it And opportunities from highly competent people go to these, the people that are just there. And so you get a lot of circumstances where these high neuroticism, shy people, poor negotiators don't get what they deserve. Don't earn the money that they really deserve. But if you talk, if everybody talks about how much they're making, the shy people are represented in that collective automatically the boss can't come around and take advantage of the fact that the the some people just aren't negotiating and so they just won't make the extra money and the people that step up that make the demands those tend to be the 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 visible ones they get the salary that won't happen anymore if everybody shares what they're making and if that's part of the culture it's kind of like unionization in a sense and that would be one of the the greatest things to come into society, if we want to talk about quote unquote societal change, for having proper, um, like psychologically well-adjusted uh, uh, well-adjusted uh, incomes, let's say, that would be the one thing to do. So we're done with the show. We're going to be back on uh, Sunday um that would be uh sunday the 13th uh lucky sunday the 13th where we're gonna do this (laughs) i don't know people don't like 13 for some i don't even know why we don't like 13s (laughs) i think it's dumb at least uh at least in chinese there's a good reason because the word for four sounds like the sounds like the word for death and it's
1: 10 is it 10
0: oh it's no four is lucky sorry i get that backwards
1: and uh and then no, seven is it seven <laughs> so what do i know like see this was something i was taught when i was young and i remembered because like, i don't remember i don't know why i remember it but i just remember it the, the thing in, in chinese four ten and death all sound similar all pretty much the exact same phrase it's just the tone how you speak it
0: yeah and there's this this wonderful thing in in all versions of china so in china there are many different languages not they're not mutually Dialect. intelligible there's like 13 or something silly and they, they all there's this idea of poetry where they actually do wordplay but with audio similarities just because the way the language works it's some it's some wonderful weird stuff to learn any, anyhow, that was our overtime. (laughs) So, uh, so we'll be back Sunday the 13th. This has been episode 17. We're labeling them. That's so awesome. So, so I'll see you guys then. Bye.